Hi, everyone. I want to welcome uh, everyone to our podcast today. My name is Joe Ordonez, and today we have Bob Yule from the uh, applications team for IWT North America. And we're going to ask him a few questions and get to know him a little bit better. So, Bob, how are you today? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So I want you to start, if you would, by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, let me see. I, I was born and raised in uh, Seattle, Washington area. Um, my dad was an electrical engineer at Boeing and my mom was a nurse. Uh, I have and two brothers and uh, um, went to school up there and then uh, went to the University of Idaho for my my college degree. Um, I have a degree in forestry, a little bit different than most people. Um, and uh, I joined us. Uh, Salinas back in in uh, 1992. Wow, 1992. Is that how many years that you've been out of school at that point? Um, well, I started I started out of school with a, another job. Uh, I'd been out of school five years at that time. Mm -hmm. I started another job uh, where I worked for a control company where we built uh, uh, online particle size analyzers and and sold wow. them to different industries and and worked in the paper industry trying to figure out if we could see refining effects and things like that so um kind of a it was something you could do online in situ um in a process so it was pretty pretty neat stuff so from forestry how do you get into chemistry on the chemical side with something like bets so so i i started out a kind of an applications person because i you know i got out of school and and jobs weren't real um great in forestry um, I, I, I have kind of a minor in computer science. So I started writing programming for this company um, in Seattle there. And then um, that grew into a sales job and I became the, the number one salesman for the, that company. And that grew into moving into a sales job with Betts at that time. Wow. So you started with Betts back in the day? Back in the day as a salesman. And um, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana was my first stop. Oh, cool. Okay. Must have been a, might have, a mighty shock going to uh, the south in Baton Rouge from being up in Seattle and those areas. And yeah, well, I, I had moved to Atlanta um, from, with that small company first, and then I moved, then I got married and moved to Baton Rouge. So it was like a double shock, married and Baton Rouge all at the same time. I can imagine. <laughs> Don't tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. So tell me a little bit about your career once you got to Betts and what you've gotten to do in your career as you span these last few years? Yeah, so I started out in sales um, back in those days in the early 90s. A lot of the paper machines were doing what they call alkaline conversion on their fine paper machines. They were going from acid to alkaline. So I was part of an alkaline conversion team at uh, George Pacific Port Hudson. Um, I called on that um, from 92 to um, almost 2000. Um, eight years in there. Um, I also called on some other accounts, uh, Bogalusa, Louisiana, and, and Lockport, Louisiana, um, and, you know, uh, inland at now it's Orange, IP Orange, Texas. So I was, I was all over the place in Louisiana and Texas going to different accounts. Um, and then I moved into applications. Um, I moved into what they call the dry strength on the paper side. And worked on the dry strength and then uh, 
we developed a, a new product over there called uh, Herkabon 6000, which is a polyvinyl amine. And in 1994, we didn't, I mean, yeah, 1994, um, no, I'm sorry, 2000 and 2004, we didn't sell any of that. And by 2009, we were selling 42 million pounds. Wow. Um, it was it was a great success story. And then from there, I, you know, I got into the product launch because I, I did most of the product launch on the on the Herkabon. I got into cornal extraction. I got into um, some other products like tissue. And uh, then I ended up on product launch on the water side just by fate through some of the changes that happened and uh, worked through that and then uh, moved into applications, um, which was part of applications. And uh, Norris Johnston um, retired and put in for his job and here I am. There you go. So you moved into the water side and love it better than paper, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, so. So it's not just love it better. I, you know, both are great. But what I like to d think of is learning something new. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't want to sit around and just do something I already know how to do. Um, you know, one of my first offering to applications was for biocide. Well, I already felt like I could do more than what most of the people that were in the applications. You know, I, I knew as much I felt like as the guys in applications. So why would I want to do something that I already know about? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why I picked dry strength. So my, my, my career is really around learning, you know, uh, trying to learn new things. And so while there are two different business units, I think uh, learning can be, be fun if you go from one side to the other. Right. That's a great, a great segue into where we're going to go now. So tell me about, you know, what it is that you would say to a rep, what are the things that are important for them to do um, or to be able to walk into an account and have as a tool belt, if you will? Well, you know, I had, had a couple um, first bosses um, with mm -hmm. the company and they always would tell me that first things first is, uh, you know, get to know the organization and, and who makes the decisions um, at, whip, at different levels and uh, make sure that you get to know them. Set up a, an entertainment plan that who you want to entertain and what kind of entertainment and there's different forms of entertainment you could do. Um, and then get to know those people. And, and I had kind of stupid strategies, you know. Um, I've tried, people that know me know I've tried a lot of stupid things in my life. <laughs> um, none that have broken bones, um, but a lot of stupid things. But one of my strategies was, you know, get to know senior management at a paper mill or at a, you know, it would work at any of our customers was mm -hmm. I, I found out or just kind of through watching people when they arrived at work. So, yeah, I would arrive to work um, a little bit before um, the other people um, or right around the same time so that I would walk in with the mill manager. Very good. And and he always would show up early and um, I get to walk in with him. And that's free time that you get to talk with your, um, you know, your most strategic buyer. Mm -hmm. Now, I, it didn't matter when I left, but he, the mill manager always knew I was showing up at the same time every morning as he did. 
So right. that was one of my strategies. So, um, you know, those kind of things I think work. It, it, they work for me. Um, the other thing I would say is um, make sure that they see you're working. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to, uh, um, you know, in our district back in those times, we were required to wear khaki pants and uh, and a collared shirt and, and things. My boss would say to me, he says, if you're working and you're near a cooling tower or something like that, and you're looking at it and you see biologicals and stuff like that, grab, put your hand in, take some of that, put it on your pants. You know, you know, you scoop it and you're trying to, don't look for a napkin, just rub it on your pants. Um, he said, we can buy new pants. Right. Um, but the customer sees that you're dirty and that you're part of the team and you're yeah. working. And yeah. uh, don't do it on purpose, but, you know, trying to make your, don't do not, you know, you mm-hmm. got to do the work. Right. But, uh, make sure that they see you as part of the team. So when they see you walking or working in the in the facility you're in, that uh, they kind of feel like you're with them. Right. So and it, it made it made a big difference. So mm-hmm. for me, I think you're right. I mean, if you walk around and you look pristine and you're you're not dirty, you're not sweaty, you don't have any tools with you, you probably don't look like you're working. And um, you know, and the other thing so too is he. My, my first boss said, you know, you don't have to be dressed better than the people at the plant, mm-hmm. but it should be a, a respectable look as well. Um, right. You know, you're, you're not walking around with holes in your jeans and things like that, but you're 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 part of the team. You're trying to set yourself as being a professional and, and working at that. Right. Way. Yeah. But don't wear a tie and a suit. <laughs> right. The old Nalco thing. <laughs> Not unless, not unless you're in a senior meeting or something like that. I guess I, I don't think I've ever worn a suit and tie to anything Never. at Salinas except for the Eagle meetings and and some of the professional meetings. Well, cool, very good. So, tell me, what are your thoughts on what's happening right now with COVID nineteen? How can someone who's in the field really make some inroads or get in there to talk to people or or be able to make those connections? Wow. Okay. Um, you know. Everybody kind of looks at it as a negative, but I think in business, we need to look at it as a positive um, mm-hmm. because it's an adapting thing. We, we need to adapt and change to the, to our situation. Um, and because we're at home, doesn't mean that our customers aren't working. Right. Um, they're going to be very reluctant to let us into the front doors and new new driveways and things like that. Um, but they're not going to be having as many meetings and, and other things internally either. So their time is more free. Right. Uh, so I think we need to probably just use more tools, online tools to set up meetings online with, with, you know, potential customers, existing customers. And there's lots of tools you can use. Um, you know, you can, you can do a little bit of spying, I guess you want to call it, uh, on LinkedIn and, and find out who the decision makers are at the facility mm-hmm. and, and try to contact them that way. I mean, you can figure out uh, emails. You know, typically there's the person's name with a dot in between and right. and stuff like that. But uh, send them emails. Say, hey, would you like to learn about this? Um, like to introduce myself and use your, your Microsoft team or Zoom or whatever you're using. Um, and get to know people. I think they're more likely to pick up the phone and answer right now. Right. 
Um, you know, that's better than an email if you can talk to them in person. Um, and then, you know, send them information that, that maybe they can use and then and give them updates of what you're up to and things like that. I, th I think this is an opportunity. I don't think our competition is doing it. Okay. That's um, good to they know. will once they catch on. But right now we need to be ahead of them and utilize new tools to communicate with our customers. Yeah. You our bring customers up an interesting are potentially point. new customers, I should say. Right. You said LinkedIn. And you know, there is a functionality in LinkedIn where not only do you have like the chat or the in-mail, if you will, but you also have the same phone call feature as you would in Facebook, for instance, in Messenger. So if you have LinkedIn, you have the availability of the chat window and there's a little phone up there. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with actually saying, hey, can I give you a call? They say yes, and you immediately call them via the LinkedIn call function. That might be something for everybody to think about. So, I, you know, I didn't even know that myself, Joe. That's even mm -hmm. better. Um, and if you and you, you can connect to them that way, why not, right? It's yeah. not intrusive, if you will, if you're connected to them on LinkedIn. So I think, too, more importantly is you'll look at it, too, and find out that, you know, that somebody at that plant that you probably are, are trying to get into is probably a there's somebody that knows that person that you right. know. And so you're going to call up your friend and say, you know, that you already know and say, hey, can you introduce me to this person? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest calling your Nalco buddy and asking him, be, but, but uh, somebody else, you know, if you can get an introduction, first place introduction, and they are a good friend, that goes right. a long ways. They're more likely to talk to you. Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good point. So tell me, okay, so based on what you see for the next year, I mean, we've heard a lot in our town halls about, you know, what we're expecting financially and such, but what do you see for the company in the next year? You know, I think, uh, you know, we've obviously getting leaner, you know, with uh, the, we're going to get that with uh, the voluntary severance um, and for, for some of the people in the, in the company. Um, I myself got one of those, so um, I'm actually kind of happy I got one. I feel like it's a prize. I turned it down, just mm -hmm. but uh, it's kind of like a rite of passage, passage for me. But um, I think uh, there's going to be opportunities. We're going to lose a lot of experience with some of these people, and we're going to be leaner. Um, but at the same time, comes opportunity um, for everybody in this company to do new and different things. Uh, improve their skills, hone their skills, and things like that. I think there's, you know, Joe, one of the things you're tasked with is learning. And I think uh, my biggest concern is all the all the experience that's going out. How do we make sure we don't lose that? And you and I have talked about this forever. Um, but how do we make sure that we don't lose all this experience and we capture it so that, uh, you know, their work here um, extends long past after they're here. All right. Um, you know, I think there's going to be opportunities. I think it's going to be exciting. Um, we're going to go through some changes. We're going to get younger too a little bit here. Mm -hmm. um, when I say that younger, that's in the experience. It's not in age. Right. It's in the experience. Um, and I think uh, um, I think it's going to be exciting. Okay. New Good. I'm glad to hear that. And I do think I agree with you in the sense that, you know, there's going to be some different functionality in the changes, the way we think, uh, the way we do things, perhaps. Yeah. And that's going to be exciting. Cool. 
So as we kind of come to a close, can you give me a little bit of, of information about somebody who was a mentor to you that really gave you some words of advice and then what you would say to somebody as far as, you know, going forward, what they should be thinking of some words of advice. <laughs> I've got all kinds of uh, mentors in the company. I think that's, it's really important to have a lot of different people in a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody from finance um, to product management to senior leadership um, has a role in the company. And uh, it's good to know what their role is and how it fits with yours um, right. and uh, work within that. I can I can tell you one of my my first district manager told me, uh, you know, besides rubbing the stuff on my clothes, he always told me, too, that that uh run to a problem mm-hmm. you know um and he, he had some other weird things too but um he run to a problem instead of away from it and he says it doesn't matter how big it is um it doesn't matter what it is um head, face it head on get in front of it before it becomes even bigger mm-hmm. um and i think that that's been one of my my things that, you know, advice I can say is that, that we should do in this business is get ahead of any problems. And there will be problems mm-hmm. eventually, um, but get ahead of it. Um, that same boss also told me um, to carry a Buckman pen in my, my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that time back in the 90s, Buckman had these really nice pens. He said, and then if you're you lean over or something and, and you drop something and it goes into a process and messes up the process. So when they take it apart, they'll find the Buckman pen and you won't get blamed. Um, <laughs> so he was a little bit crazy at the same time, but, um, but I really think that running to the process, you know, running to the problem and heading it head on is the way to go. Right. And get in front of it. And, Customers will appreciate it, appreciate the honesty, and uh, also the sense of urgency that you deal with that. Yeah, that's great. Very good advice. Well, Bob, we're at the end of our time. Um, Any parting words of wisdom or anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? Um, No, I'm good. I I think uh, I have lots of parting wisdom, but they mostly come from my father and, and, uh, you know, most of those I can't repeat. So, um, you know, he, he, he was full of the one liner. So I'll just leave it with, you know, this is a great place to work. And, uh, and, uh, if you need anything, give me a call. Um, I'm here. I answer the phone. I'll run to the problem and, uh, I appreciate everybody working. I work with and enjoy meeting everybody. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for taking the time to talk to us today. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.